South Sudan in focus on the Voice of America. I'm John Tanza, working on this program very much. Here are some of the top stories making news across South Sudan this Monday, June 13th, 2022. Some church leaders in South Sudan's capital, Juba, say they are disappointed by Vatican's move to cancel papal visit to South Sudan. Following the postponement of the coming of the Holy Father to South Sudan, uh, certainly there was a, a kind of a reaction because we are taken by, by just surprise when we had already put ourselves in, in all the preparations and ready to welcome him. And a South Sudanese lawyer has sued the government for projects on the River Nile. Prior to such projects, as uh, you know, custom sellers, prior to such projects, there must be assessment that should, that should be taken in place, right? And, and those assessments were not, were not availed. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. South Sudanese Catholic Church leaders say many of their followers were disappointed when they heard Pope Francis cancel his trip to South Sudan. The coordinator for the papal visit in South Sudan says preparations for the visit of other two prominent religious leaders is still in place despite the pontiff's cancellation. For VOA News, Manyang David Mayar reports from Juba. Father Samuel Abe, the general coordinator of the FAPAL visit to South Sudan, says the Vatican's announcement late last week cancelling Pope Francis' visit to South Sudan and the Democratic Republic of Congo July 2nd to 7th disappointed many South Sudanese. Following the postponement of the coming of the Holy Father to South Sudan, uh, certainly there was a, a kind of a reaction because we are taken by, by just surprise when we had already put ourselves in, in all the preparations and ready to welcome him. And so, uh, but later understanding on what he, he spoke yesterday, uh, we are optimistic that he, he will come after the, the treatment on his uh, right knee. The Vatican announced Friday the Pope was cancelling his trip to Africa on doctor's orders while addressing thousands of faithful at St. Peter's Square in the Vatican on Sunday. The 85-year-old pontiff apologized to the citizens of South Sudan and Congo. Pope Francis said it was, quote, with great regret I have had to postpone my visit to your countries, a trip planned for the first days of July. I feel great regret that I had to postpone this trip, which I am still very keen to make. I ask you to pardon me for this. Let us pray together that with the help of God and with medical treatment, I can come to you as soon as possible, end quote. Father Abe says the Pope's statement offers some hope that he will visit South Sudan soon. And as a result, with this statement, we have encouraged our citizens and especially those who are involved in the preparation to continue uh, going ahead with the, the preparation for the reception of the Holy Father. Father Abe says the government and the Catholic Church has been involved in preparations for a mass-celebrated 
by Pope Francis, including infrastructure at John Grand Museum and renovation at various churches. He says those renovations will still be useful. Even if, if, if indefinitely the, the Pope Council is coming, this infrastructure still can, can help the, the, the faithful, for instance, in the churches to pray in a very conducive place. And uh, for instance, when we take the John Gray Museum, is a, is a, a forum, a place where even we can hold our national events or any other events. So it is not a loss. Some South Sudanese faithful say they were heartbroken to hear the Pope's July visit was cancelled. Juba resident Araba Nyancho is one of them. When I heard that it was cancelled, I lost hope because I know he's coming. was going to bring more hope into the people because, you know, he's going to talk about uh, peace, the unity, a lot of things. So when it was cancelled, actually, those that had prepared lost hope in it. Juba resident Tapeng Michael says he still hopes to see the Pope in person. As a Catholic, we believe the Pope is peace. He comes with a lot of blessings to the country. Uh, but when I, I heard of the cancellation of his coming to Congo and South Sudan due to the, uh, the ongoing uh, knee operations he's, uh, he's undergoing, I, I didn't feel too bad about it. But I kept praying that he should heal soon so that he comes to these two countries to bless the people and to to bring peace to the country. On April 11, 2019, the Pope kissed the feet of South Sudan President Salva Kiir and First Vice President Riyak Machar during a two-day spiritual retreat at the Vatican, calling the event a pilgrimage for peace. The pontiff urged both men to implement the 2018 peace deal. For VOA News, Amanyang David Mayor in Juba. The spokesperson for South Sudan, President Salvakir, says the country is disappointed by the postponement of Pope Francis' upcoming visit to South Sudan. Ateni Wekateni says South Sudanese understand the reason for the suspension and are praying for the pontiff's speedy recovery. The reaction is, uh, is quite disappointing for the people because people of South Sudan were uh, so jubilant and uh, expecting the visit of the pontiff for the first time in history. This was going to be second only to uh, the secessions. The time when South Sudan seceded from Sudan through a referendum, that was the top event in the history. And the, the Pope visit would have been number two. So people are quite disappointed, but they do understand that um, Pope Cancels is coming to Juba on health issue. So people of South Sudan are praying for the pontiff to quickly recover. And uh, they hoped after His Holiness uh, Pope Francis recovered, they hoped that he will still resume coming to South Sudan and the DRC. I'm sure one of the reasons that the Pope chose South Sudan and the Democratic Republic of Congo is because of the crisis in those countries, perhaps hoping that uh, maybe his presence will help bring about some kind of uh, peace. To that respect, I want to ask you, what was South Sudan willing to show to the Pope in terms of peace in the country? Well, there is no more crisis in South Sudan. South Sudan was uh, hoping Pope would be in Juba to send a signal to the whole world that uh, Juba is a place to live. And is a place that anyone who is willing to, uh, to invest in the country and anyone who is willing to, to have any kind of development in the country would, would be actually uh, thinking that, you know, 
since the pontiff has been to Cuba for two days, uh, the country is peaceful. This is what only we want uh, to happen. And we also want the pontiff to pray for the sustainable peace in the country. We have already peace, uh, but we need a sustainable one. Make me understand again, uh, sir, uh, as for the level of peace, uh, there's negotiations that have been going on between South Sudanese. Where are we? Well, uh, actually, uh, the peace between the government and the rollout was negotiated by uh, San Gideon, which is um, the Vatican itself. So um, the negotiation is, is ongoing. Uh, on the time of the stakeholders that have already been part of this government, uh, the national government, since 2020, they have uh, unified the command because the security uh, chapter was the one that delayed such a bit. But since of the unified command has been uh, put in place, Sooner or later, the forces will be actually graduated. I have been away for five or six months, and I'm hearing almost the same thing. That means nothing much has happened in terms of peace in South Sudan. Am I right? No, you're not right. If nothing has happened, people would have been a war. But this is not a war. It is a negotiation that, the, you know, the parties that are already in the government. And so they do it, although it is slow. But all has actually expressed the political will to implement the agreement, you know, with the spirit. That's a thing, a thing, the spokesperson for President Salva Kiir. He was speaking to my colleague James Batty earlier today. Pope Francis has apologized to the people of Democratic Republic of Congo and South Sudan for canceling his trip because of health problems, saying he hopes to make the visit once his condition improves. The Vatican announced Friday that the pontiff's July 2nd to 7th trip had been postponed indefinitely because of his knee ailment. You are listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. Coming up, a South Sudanese lawyer has sued his country in the East African court. Find out why after the break. advice from my grandmother who is at home when i'm sick that i can't control myself she will help i get my advice from my friend colleague who live together who also know about those who have been experienced more problem about health they don't advise me through phone we talk we chat discuss everything my dad because my dad is a doctor i'd say i get my health advice from various places the internet my parents because i have my mother is a nurse my health advice, I get it on the internet. If I need something on how to deal with obesity, I get it on the internet. Anything I need pertaining to health advice is on the internet. What do you think? A daily discussion of important questions from VOA. This is a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. Hello, I'm VOA health correspondent Linor Mudu. During this pandemic, the World Health Organization and Africa Centers for Disease Control say if you have a fever, a cough, or have trouble breathing, you should stay home and contact a healthcare facility. 
For more information, check with reliable sources such as the WHO and Africa CDC. And remember to listen to VOA for the latest health news. That was a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. South Sudan in focus is now on WhatsApp. Send us a message on plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. Tell us what's happening in your area or give us your feedback on the stories you hear on South Sudan in focus. We look forward to hearing from you on WhatsApp. That number again, plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. The World Health Organization and U.S. Centers for Disease Control say coughing and sneezing can spread COVID-19. Physical distancing, staying at least one meter away from people outside your family can protect everyone. For more information, check with reliable sources such as the WHO and Africa CDC. And remember to listen to VOA for the latest on COVID-19. That was a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. You are listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. A South Sudanese lawyer has sued the government of South Sudan in the East African Court of Justice over the planned dredging of Nam River in Unity State. The South Sudan and Egyptian governments have signed a deal over the dredging of the river to allow more water to flow to Egypt. For VOA News, Dengai Deng reports from Juba. Juba-based lawyer Ilario Adam Cholong says he filed suit against the government of South Sudan in the East African Court of Justice because of the dredging of the Nam River violates the constitutional rights of citizens by signing a deal that will have a lasting impact on the lives of South Sudanese without seeking their opinion. Prior to such projects, as uh, you know, custom centers, prior to such projects, there must be assessments that should, that should be taken in place. Right, mm. and and those assessments were not were not availed or were not, uh, or I, I would say the, probably the, the, there was no assess, assessment done in in, in terms of environmental uh, and public consultation, which is very important. Also. The public public need to be involved. You know, public the public we felt that the public also the the the, the, the stakeholders in such projects. So they did not, you know, the, the, the respondents uh, or the government didn't give chance to the public also to, to opinion, you know, in such projects. And one not again is the government project, but 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 what we're feeling that we need to assess the impacts because we don't, we don't, we don't want to to put ourselves in a situation that. We, 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 we will impact us in the future. Debate over the project heated up two weeks ago when local media reported unidentified individuals had imported equipment from Egypt to dredge rivers and tributaries of the River Nile. Last week, Lam Tungwar, Unity State's Minister for Physical Infrastructure, Lands, Housing and Public Utilities, confirmed that machinery, including an excavator, had arrived from Egypt to dredge an open river Nam. Tungwar said 
said the project was approved by the National Ministry of Irrigation and Water Resources in Juba. But later, National Minister for Environment and Forestry, Josephine Napont, said she does not know how the dredging equipment was transported into South Sudan to open the Jongle Canal, but says the project must first receive approval from the national government before any dredging begins. The development sparked mixed reactions among citizens. Cholong says dredging the tributaries of the Nile and the Sutu wetland will cause irreparable loss and damage to the environment, forcing protected animals and species to flee the region. He says it will also damage the ecosystem and cause loss of livelihood to many citizens. The Israeli Court of Justice should, should, should grant us an interim order to suspend that the activity or the, the commencement of the project. So the first demand is the, 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 the an interim order or an injunction. This is the, the main demand. And, and, the, and, the, and the second demand is to to, to, to to order the government to to avail us with a copy of the agreement because we've not we've not seen the agreement and we, 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 we don't know what what, what 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 are the terms in this agreement. Though the office of the presidency continues to deny it has any knowledge regarding the arrival of dredging equipment for the project, the Ministry of Water Resources and Irrigation maintains that the agreement on the project was reached between the government of Egypt and South Sudan during a meeting in Cairo last year. South Sudan government spokesperson and information minister Michael McQuay says he learned about the lawsuit from social media. McQuay says the government will respond when the issue is officially brought to its attention. So far we have seen it in the social media. That is, that is certain South Sudanese has launched a, a case against the government of South Sudan. I don't know by what. Does it, did we, the people, did the people of South Sudan authorize him to appear on that? Yeah. Why should a consent citizen, why should he not take it to the courts of South Sudan here? Makwe says the Ministry of Water Resources and Irrigation should be the government jurisdiction to decide whether or not to carry out the dredging of tributaries of the River Nile. For VOA News, I am Deng Gaiding in Juba. From Juba, we move to Kenya, where a new opinion poll shows opposition leader Raila Odinga is the preferred presidential candidate if elections were held today. The survey interviewed 9,000 people across all the 290 constituencies in 47 counties. The results show Odinga ahead with 42%, while Deputy President William Ruto comes in second with 38%. In the data released on Wednesday, just two days after he launched his manifesto, opposition leader Rela Odinga and his running mate Martha Karua lead with 42%, while Deputy President William Ruto comes second with 38%, another 20% are undecided. The report adds that Odinga would lead in 20 counties, including the capital Nairobi, while Ruto would be on top in 16 counties. That leaves 11 battleground counties to decide who the next president will be. Angela Ambito is the chief executive officer of Infotrack Research and Consulting Company. Speaking during a press conference, she said the survey, which was conducted between 23rd and 27th May 2022, showed Odinga would garner 9.3 million votes to Ruto's 8.4 million votes. However, they both failed to meet the constitutional threshold of 50% plus one vote needed to be president in the first round of voting. 
So what this says is they already meet the threshold of having 25% in half of the counties. What none of them is meeting right now is the 50 plus one. Okay? Because we have the undecided vote. An initial survey showed Ruto as the leading candidate. This was before the candidates picked their running mates. According to political analysts, Odinga's rise in popularity has been attributed to his choice of running mate. For the first time in Kenya's history, a woman, Martha Karua, could become Kenya's deputy president. Charles Omanga is a Kenyan constitutional lawyer and political analyst. What could have been a contributing factor, according to my own considered opinion or assessment, is the choice of the running mate. Apart from the fact that uh, Honorable Mata Karua is, uh, is representing the, the women uh, voters of this country, but the fact that uh, his uh, reform credentials stands out could have been uh, a contributing factor and how fast maybe uh, Raila Muludinga have really uh, overtaken uh, the deputy president, uh, Honorable William Samoy Ruto. However, Omanga adds that accuracy of opinion polls is not guaranteed, as witnessed in previous elections where Odinga led in surveys but lost on election day. Opinion polls are always scientific, irrespective of the, uh, the sample size for those who are polled. And then, you know, opinion polls could not be presumed to direct or to suggest that whoever leads in opinion poll would definitely emerge victorious in the elections. We had witnessed in the previous two elections, the 2013 elections and the 2017 elections, Honorable Rail Odinga was always leading in the opinion polls. And actually, when the votes were done, the results suggested otherwise. Deputy President Ruto calls the polls favoring his major opponent a plan to trick voters to propel Odinga. Four presidential candidates are competing in the August 9 poll. However, observers say it is a two-horse race between Odinga and Ruto. Atieno Odiambo, VOA in Nairobi, Kenya. recent months, human rights groups have accused the Ethiopian government forces and their allies of carrying out ethnic cleansing and mass detentions in the embattled Tigray region. Authorities have mostly prevented rights groups and journalists from entering the region. However, VOA was given a rare but limited, tightly controlled access to the region and some sites allegedly used for detentions and mass graves. Henry Wilkins reports from Addis Ababa. Humaira is a focal point for rights groups investigating claims of ethnic cleansing against Tigrayans. Human Rights Watch alleges that Amhara security forces have detained large groups of ethnic Tigrayans in the northern Ethiopian town without charge. One of the last and latest phases, which was from November, December through to January this year, where we were again seeing mass arrests of, of, of Tigrayans who were remaining in certain towns, notably in, in the town of Humera, detentions in two facilities in particular, one prison in Humera, town and one makeshift warehouse facility. A BBC report in May quoted locals in Humera alleging Tigrayans were executed there and buried in mass graves. Ethiopian authorities blocked independent investigators and journalists from the area until May, when they gave VOA rare and unexpected access. Ashete Demelu, a local administrator in Humera, said this. Yes, 
He says visiting the Agricultural Institute of the Guna Warehouse and other sites mentioned will show how they fabricated the story. He insisted no innocent people are imprisoned in Humera. As the saying goes, seeing is believing. Why don't you go and see some of the places, he added. VOA asked to see seven sites in Humera where alleged abuses and atrocities occurred, but local officials gave limited and controlled access to only two. The Guna Warehouse, which was mentioned in the Human Rights Watch report, did not appear to have had any recent use. Wenda Wesson Abebe, deputy headmaster at a school next to the alleged site of a mass grave reported by the BBC, denied any such atrocity. He said to his knowledge no Tigrayans were killed and buried in a mass grave. It was not possible for VOA to determine if any bodies had been buried near the school. An official said VOA had asked too many questions and should leave the town. In other parts of the country, Tigrayans who wish not to be identified for their own security say they're being arbitrarily detained and abused. This man says the inmates at a prison he was held at were terrified as the guards frequently told them, get ready, you're going to be killed by tomorrow. There was not sufficient food to eat for the detainees who came from all professions, he says, adding that the prison was very hostile. He says everyone held there suffered and lost weight. Meanwhile, rights groups and independent investigators are still waiting for Ethiopian authorities to grant access to Tigray and other regions where alleged atrocities were committed by both sides in the 18-month conflict. Ethiopia's government and Amhara forces have denied claims of ethnic cleansing in West Tigray. Henry Wilkins for VOA News, Humera, Ethiopia. a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. The World Health Organization and Africa Center for Disease Control say we can all help fight the corona pandemic by wearing face masks that cover our mouths and nose when we are in crowded places or areas. For more information, check with reliable sources such as the WHO and Africa CDC. And remember to listen to VOA for the latest news on COVID-19. That was a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. South Sudan in focus is now on WhatsApp. Send us a message on plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. Tell us what's happening in your area or give us your feedback on the stories you hear on South Sudan in focus. We look forward to hearing from you on WhatsApp. That number again, plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. This is a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. Hello, I'm VOA health correspondent Linor Modou. The World Health Organization and Africa Centers for Disease Control say we all can help fight the global pandemic by frequently washing our hands or using hand sanitizers. For more information on protecting yourself and others, check with reliable sources such as the WHO and Africa CDC. And remember to listen to VOA for the latest on COVID-19. That was a message in the public interest from VOA Africa.
That's all we prepared for you this Monday. We now leave you with the song Here Ahead by The Kut. I'm John Tanza in Washington. Thanks for taking time to be with us this evening. Join us again tomorrow for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America.